Welcome to Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast. I'm your host, Luke Darnell. It's American Royal Week. This is one of my favorite weeks in barbecue. It's the biggest barbecue competition in the world, and we get to really hang out with some great people. This episode is another teammate podcast with Kim and Leanne, and it is absolutely can't-miss podcast gold. A few weeks ago, we featured Jeff Vanderlindy with Shiggin and Grinnin. It's an amazing episode that, if you haven't listened to it, you probably should before you listen to this one. This episode has been titled, The Rebuttal. You do not want to miss it. This is a great interview with Ted Moonen and Derek Schonsberg from The Shiggin Boys. So, while you're enjoying this podcast, please be sure to share it out on your social media. Be sure to like the podcast on the service that you listen to podcasts on. Every little bit helps. So, please join me in welcoming and having a few good laughs with my friends Teddy and Derek. The Barbecue League is the ultimate barbecue experience, and here's why. One small annual investment from you instantly unlocks all 70-plus tell-all recipes, enthusiast recipes, restaurant tours, and more in their unmatched library. This isn't your typical YouTube-type content. World champions like Getting Basted, Shake and Bake Barbecue, Heavy Smoke Barbecue, La Pasadita Barbecue, and 913 Barbecue share their full tell-all recipes. No secret is left unsaid, and a new video release is guaranteed every single week of your membership. You'll also see unfiltered looks from all levels of pitmasters during their live competition coverage, and those same pitmasters are accessible through the league's upbeat online community. As soon as you sign up, you'll also have a full arsenal of some of the best discounts in barbecue from brands like Snake River Farms, Blues Hog, Big Papa Smokers, Gunter Wilhelm, Gateway Drum Smokers, and more. The Barbecue League puts on members-only contests throughout the year, hosts live and virtual events, and offers a full-access league lounge at participating events. Our listeners to this podcast can receive $10 off of the $100 annual membership this month only, well, this month and leading up to the Royal, by using the code AugustPitmaster on thebarbecueleague.com. That's AugustPitmaster on thebarbecueleague.com. You don't want to miss this content and all of this learning. It is one hell of an investment. All right, everyone. Welcome to Pitmaster, an OVS podcast. As you are probably noticing that you are not listening to Luke Darnell's voice because this is a teammate episode. So my name is Kim Darnell, one of the members of Old Virginia Smoke. And I am Leanne Terry, one of the ancillary members of Old Virginia Smoke. How's it going, Kim? It's going great. It's nice to uh, to talk with you again, and we have got a great show in store for us tonight. Well, uh, we're calling this episode the rebuttal. The, uh, yes. That's the official title of this episode because uh, we have Teddy Moonen and Derek Schonsberg from Shiggin and Grinning, Shiggin and Grinning, um, 227 competitions since they first started getting together. Um, and hitting the competition scene back in May of 2009, if you can believe that. Uh, thanks to the good folks at barbecuedata.com. 21, yes, thank you so much. Yep, 21 grand championships, uh, 17 RGCs. Gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. Welcome, ladies. Thanks for having us. Yes. We didn't even realize we'd been in that many contests. I know. Isn't it funny when you finally hear that stat? You're like, seriously, that is actually what? How many we times we've competed and not killed each other? All right. Right. Yeah. That's the shocking part. Yeah, that was awesome. How are you ladies doing? Right. We are like most of the teams right now and getting ready for the Royal and spit shining the trailer and ordering all the supplies and can't wait to get into that barbecue snow globe we call the American Royal. Yeah, I just got my liver back from the shop, so it should be ready to go for uh, all the festivities. What's your favorite part of the Royal? Like, I, I'm, I, you know, I make that joke, you know, but I'm not like really a big drinker and party or everything like that. But, you know, the spectacle of the event, the fireworks, the parties, uh, all that kind of stuff is, is what makes it really special for me. You know, what, what makes it special for you guys? Well, that's a big question. I don't know. Why. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it's just getting to see people again that you only see once a year. I mean, I remember back in the day when I was at Kemper Arena and you'd get to walk down to the dark side and whatever you did down there stayed down there and you climb back up to the quiet side and 
cook the invite the next day, but it's just an amazing time. I I know I always feel like once we leave, you know, you look back and it's like, wow, we missed so much. We didn't we didn't see that. We didn't see these people. We didn't do that. But yet you're busy at every waking moment, yeah. or at least you thought you were. <laughs> no, absolutely. I would agree with that. Do you guys do anything uh, special for the Royal? I mean, obviously, you know, you got the, the two competitions, but do you guys do a lot of uh, decorating uh, for your cook site or are there any special rituals? Like for a while, you know, OVS, we, we had to go to Stroud's when we were in Kansas City. That was that was our restaurant ritual. Was there, do you guys have any special kind of fun things like that for your time uh, in, uh, at the Royal? I would say just when it's, Daryl's birthday, we help him celebrate, but other than that, yeah. <laughs> uh, that was mentioned in the, that was mentioned before in the episode about Daryl's birthday, Darren Ward's yeah, birthday, 50th. So God I know that Lucas no mentioned. <laughs> I said, God bless him, but no more Daryl Daryl birthdays. <laughs> I think that's a one and done. I, yeah. I just don't think you can redo something like that and make it as fun. I mean, we really look forward to getting there and setting up the bar and tent, not just for drinking purposes, but it's kind of a people magnet. And, you know, that party proved it. It was just uh, um, getting there early and not having the pressure of cooking or having to do anything with cooking before the comp starts is, uh, to me, is very relaxing and it makes it, the rest of it awesome. For at least a couple of days, yeah. Yeah. Right, not having those big responsibilities right as soon as you arrive, and just having some time to ease into it does help. So, so according to your partner, Mr. Vanderlindy, you know, he's the one that has to do everything that you guys, what are some of the allegations of their behavior that uh, I heard something about uh, sleeping a lot, uh, that, you know, that that he's all the one who's always up working and, and sleeping a lot. What would you guys describe as your responsibilities as part of your team versus uh, maybe any other allegations that have been made. You know, Jeff goes to sleep at 11 o'clock and he doesn't have to wake up till 6.30. So who do you think does everything in the meantime? <laughs> when, when 10 o'clock rolls around, we got nothing to do. Of course, we're gonna take advantage of sneaking nap in. Absolutely, why not? Right. Well, and if, if you had to listen to Jeff all day like we do, you'd want to go to sleep or get away too. <laughs> Half the time, we're just faking it. We just it's good to have some quiet time is, is what I'm, I'm hearing. That's it's a good thing. Yeah, Be re- being right? reflective, yeah. focusing. I can't hear and Ted takes his hearing aids out. It's perfect. <laughs> I can't say that I spent a whole lot of time with him, but uh, I've heard rumors from people who shall remain nameless as journalists here, podcasters, we have to protect our sources. But uh, I have heard that uh, Mr. Vanderlindy is a, a high-strung, high-maintenance pit master. Uh, it, would you like to comment on that? And if so, uh, what do you guys do to, to handle him or to, uh, to, 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 to wind him down when he gets out of control? When his wife wants him to go barbecuing because she's sick of him, you know, there's got to be an issue, right? Bingo. <laughs> yeah, and high maintenance and mister, those are the kindest words we would ever use against them. <laughs> you know, part of it is we've been friends forever, so you just kind of get used to what he does. And you, when he gets high strung or whatever, you just He's... do what you need to do to placate him and let the rest of the shit yeah. roll off your shoulders. And he'll apologize two days later. but that, that time you just ignore it kind of mm-hmm. yeah but, yeah you know he's he's good at what he does when he gets there i mean just ask him he'll tell you <laughs> yeah he he I, I, in the last podcast with luke he was talking about how his nickname was the den mother oh now is that a name that he gave himself did you give him that name i think ted did again it was yeah it was uh it was a, a sugar-coated way of <laughs> Having him, uh, I grew up in the Boy Scouts, and we were one of the few clans that had den mothers instead of the fathers doing it. And of course, as young men, we were not offended by it, but you know, we didn't want to get yelled at by our mom all day, let alone get yelled at by the den mother in the evening. And so I kind of stuck with me, and it kind of reoccurred when I started hanging out with Jeff at the barbecue. <laughs> 
<laughs> do this. Don't do that. Right. Who the hell did that? Uh, so, yeah. What a, uh, it was a name we gave him with love. What are the signs or the symptoms oh. that he's starting to unravel or, or get wound up or anything? What, what you know, what, uh, what could the casual regimented. viewer look for? Right. There, really, there isn't a sign. He goes from zero to 60 in a heartbeat. So, you you'll notice his face turning red instantly and all of a sudden you know what's coming and you just prepare for it. I think the, all the time, the first thing that you know something's amiss is when you start hearing the we, the word we instead of me. <laughs> <laughs> when, it goes, when it goes south, all of a sudden Derek and I are 100% involved. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's true. So how so, would you say that your cooking styles are different from your pitmasters because what we were talking about compliments that he did throw out some some great compliments and you know one of the compliments was that that teddy you, you're 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 excellent at fixing anything and anytime there's a problem you're right there with the cook and then with you derek he was saying that you are probably the best chef on the team as far as can make anything or cook anything so you know, when when we barbecue ourselves, ten o'clock means maybe it's nine thirty, maybe eleven thirty. It just whenever we feel like doing it, we're Jeff. It's you know ten o'clock, ten o'clock. Hey, hey, we're a minute late. For us, it's and you look at Darren and Porky Butts and those guys. Ten o'clock at ten o five, ten ten, whatever. It's Jeff. It needs to be that he sets his alarm twenty five times at a I contest think we, just to get. We it both up. like cooking. You know, add a little, add a little, throw a little bit here, yeah. throw a little bit there, a little more camp style cooking, you know, and yeah, granted, you got to be by the recipe, but he hates that. So <laughs> sometimes we do it just to spite him a little bit, to be honest. But like Darren will say, okay, hey, I'm using this for this thing now. I have to search 25 stores to find this one product that nobody carries except for down in Des Moines. When there's 12 products that are exactly the same, but it's got to be this manufacturer, it's got to be exact thing. And I'll make brisket love once in a while and I'll use a different beer for the ingredient and he blows the gasket and it might make a little difference, but. And I don't think it's a secret that Derek might use old containers just to hide what he's given Jeff for right. a product. <laughs> well, he did. Right. And, and he did share the story about cheap chicken. <laughs> How you put the package of his chicken on top, but then no. the cheaper chicken on the bottom is according to him. You'll never outlive that one. So he wanted white I even skin. That was, that was white skin that was see-through. I thought it was perfect. I don't know how we did that contest, but I think we did get a call. I'll never hear that. Part. You'll never hear it if we did. <laughs> right, exactly. And sometimes you have to have secrets from your pit master or else they oh. might go off the rails and so and yeah. i know leanne and i have had our share of you know what let's not tell lucas until uh maybe after turn-ins or maybe no, when or maybe then. ever yeah, yeah right right we just we, sometimes we just pinky swear that we're never going to say anything oh yeah let's have we a couple have, of <laughs> do you have any stories like that 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 uh that you're like, okay, I don't know if we should ever say anything, or maybe now you could you could be free to say something and not get too much retribution. Yeah, now would be the perfect time to to whip that out and slap somebody <laughs> in the face with it. Somewhere he didn't find out for two or three years later, and he only found out because we told somebody else's story, and then that person ended up telling him, not knowing that it was a secret. <laughs> but you know, there's there's been a few. I mean, it's a long story. Well, yeah, no, but we have time. <laughs> the pig, the pig trophy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was the classic of all uh, secrets that we kept from them. But so we were down in Iowa, and Iowa and Minnesota used to have a border battle, and pig the Floyd of Rosedale or whatever it was. Trailing trophy is a trailing trophy. And one year we're down in Iowa for the contest, and it was Ted, myself, and Kyle. Ted's kid was down there. And it was probably one o'clock in the morning. We've been drinking all night and hey, let's go look for the trophy. So we end up finding the trophy in a building. We grabbed the trophy out of there and Mothers Against Drunk Drivers had a weird looking car or whatever. So we set the trophy in there and we wrote a ransom note and we put it on 
Tim from Spitfire, we put it right between where he walks out of his trailer to the smoker. So there's no way he was going to miss it. And it was a cleverly worded ransom note, if I remember correctly. Yeah, but we were thinking that it was uh, like a college team stealing the other team's trophy kind of thing. Right, we're yeah. in a, you know, oh, we're we, in a different mindset. Yeah. Game, <laughs> so Tim, we see him walk out the next morning, walks right over the ransom note, checks his meat, turns around, sees the note, picks it up, looks at it for a second, and throws it away. Oh, like, oh shit. So now we have a, 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 a missing trophy. Right. Not stolen, but missing. Right. And long story short, the awards are going on, and we get a call. Jeff <laughs> goes up there, and the announcer says, keeps making comments after another call and another call, and Jeff gets up there and goes, well, I don't know if I should be giving you this check. You know, you should be giving that to me for the ransom, because word was out. Everybody there. knew that. Everybody thought they knew we'd taken it, and Jeff had no clue that we'd taken it. So they weren't gonna, they weren't gonna tell the final results until we <laughs> gave the trophy back. So we ended up telling somebody, "Yeah, we ended up finding it here. It is." And Jeff didn't hear about that for two years later. Two years. So even when they were making those comments, still no clue. Oh no my clue. gosh. For that... years, the best part was every time it came up at a contest. He had no clue, and he would just get so angry about it. And we're like, "Yeah, that was really weird." <laughs> but that is a great story. Oh my gosh! And I love the fact he thought it was like the college rivals with the the mascot. That is that is hysterical. Yeah, you gotta have a little fun when you have contest. You have the to. Knocked and well, took advantage of it, but I don't know. Was that was back when we put our meet on eleven o'clock, so you could stay up till one or two and. Not worry about it because you didn't have to get up till seven. Exactly. Well, I think like you guys, there's a lot of stuff that happens in the trailer in the midst of the cook that all of a sudden it's like, oh, shit, you know, he'll, don't, don't mention that because all it <laughs> do is get him off, off his game. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. And then if it goes right and we tell him about it, then he won't believe us. There's, oh, there's no way you guys will say I did that. <laughs> so there's a lot of I in team is what you're saying, perhaps. Uh, big I and There's team. a lot of I and team when we win. There's a lot of we and team when we lose. It's, I was going to say, it's I win, we lose, right? Yes. Is that the, the situation? Oh, yeah. No, it's all good, though. Oh. I know. So what brings you guys back for barbecue every week with your team or just going to competitions in general? Oh, I think it's find out what happened the week before. You don't really remember most of it. <laughs> And it's it's just good time seeing friends. I mean, every contest you go to, there's a few different teams there that aren't at the last contest that you get to hang out with again and catch up and see what's going on. And I think you, everybody's uh, yeah, yeah, you make lifelong friends on the barbecue circuit. Right, you know, that's true. I think we're there. You miss you miss something by a couple points, and it's like, God, I can. I mean, we're we're all competitive, or we won't be there. And it's we can do better. Let's go back, and it'll be fun. So let's just keep doing it, and then. Ten years later, you're like, wow. <laughs> right. Yeah, who knows 2009? I didn't even know it was 12 years. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, it's hard not to go back to one, and then you, you miss a couple weekends, and and you miss it. So, uh, or you miss most of it. Right. Yeah, <laughs> the actual cooking part's only not fun. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but get rid of that part. It would be awesome. <laughs> So we talked a little bit in the pre-show, pre-show interview about, uh, you know, sort of how COVID took the wind out of everybody's sails. Uh, and once the competition started back up, we all started going back in. Was there anything you guys did um, to sort of reassess your program, uh, your recipes, uh, your your plan of attack? Did, did, you, did you make any use of that downtime to... Um, think about, you know, what the future was going to be like when you started back in comps? Well, Ted reassessed his future and decided not to barbecue anymore, but like you said, a lot of old hobbies and habits came to surface when there was some downtime and uh, they kind of took over where barbecue left off for me personally. And so there wasn't a lot of true reassessing of the particular barbecue it's like when it comes back it'll come back right where we left off and um i know according to big will i'm sure he's done a lot between now and then to get it ready for us but um 
I don't, we really didn't practice really cooking. Much. We didn't, it, we actually enjoyed our time off. I mean, it, when you, you know, the one year we did 25 yeah. contests, it's a freaking grind. And it's nice to realize, hey, I can go to a grad party, I can go to a wedding, I can do this. It, it was kind of nice to get a little downtime, actually. Yeah. yeah so true. Other, yeah, other than, uh, right, getting used to doing a half a dozen of them versus 25. Yeah, was... and you missed, you know, when you're doing 25, you're doing three a month, so you kind of just get in a groove. You don't even have to think about it. And now it's, you have one, you have two weeks off, you have one, and it's, you never really get in that groove and it's kind of tough to get on your game, but there's pros and cons, I guess, either way. Do you think being, were you able to spend more time, the three of you together, just as friends? Cause that's how you all got started is just being friends. And then barbecue came second. So do you have more time to spend with each other? Well, or? So we have <laughs> Jeff and I act up cabins next to each other. So during barbecue, after barbecue, before, you know, we're always doing that anyways. Uh, all, all of us, I mean, yeah, there's, I don't think we spend any, any less time together. I mean, a lot, a lot of windshield time not spent together, but, uh, you know, the rest, of, the rest of the time, whether it's friends parties, grad parties or wedding, you know, that, you know, we weren't like we weren't, uh, you know, still chiming around together. So. I do miss my Friday naps while Ted's driving to a contest. I can sit in the back of the motorhome and sleep, but other than that. <laughs> so your sleep's been affected. Okay. <laughs> right. Now I got to sit in front with Jeff and I can't nap anymore. And, oh, yeah. And you kind of got Thanks. me in that habit, too. Now when I smell food, I kind of want to take a nap, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, well, speaking of food, we, could you please enlighten us with the Shigan breakfast? This is a this is a mythological thing that I've I've heard about. It's like uh, the Loch Ness monster or a unicorn. It's 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 a legend with which I'm familiar, but I've I've never got to personally experience. Because Lucas wouldn't share. Let's be honest, Leanne. We've had chicken breakfast to the trailer. We just did not get any because Lucas did not share. And once I hand it off, it no responsibility of mine. Who gets to eat it? Nope, you're not not to blame. Nope, not blaming you. Right. <laughs> I mean, back in the day, we were cooking, and we realized, hey, we need to eat Saturday morning, and sometimes I'd make bacon and eggs and hash browns, maybe biscuits and gravy or omelets or whatever, and it came to a point where Jeff said, nope, this is what our breakfast is. It's going to be eggs over easy. It's going to be old English muffin toast. It's going to be hash browns with orange peppers and red peppers and onions, and it's going to be compart bacon, and it just kind of built life its own when ted was there we'd have you know i'd buy a dozen eggs so i could make six breakfasts and we'd have three so we'd start giving three away and well the originally started too whoever was next to us got the breakfast there was no so if you're next to us you got the breakfast but then you started getting requests to be next to us so we could get just yeah. get a breakfast so then we had to start venturing out and, and if people ask hey can i get a breakfast can i get a breakfast then they kind of get blackballed because it's not you don't ask for it. You just Other than when Leanne just asked about it, she still gets one. Though, because... <laughs> if, if, I broke, if I broke protocol, it's fine. I'm okay with the consequences. I was more, um, quite frankly, trying to, to sell the amazingness of it. Yeah, it definitely took on a life of its own. I mean, that's all Derek. Derek he, uh, there can be times where he might not get up to turn the cooker on or something like that, but he definitely gets up and makes breakfasts. No matter what, you know. it, was, it was kind of cool. It was it three, four years ago at the American Royal when Operation Barbecue and we raffled off a chicken breakfast? I think it raised like yeah. five thousand dollars, whatever. It was, yeah, that's it was I did not know that. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, so was, I think the American Dream won it, didn't they? Or bought it? Yeah, yeah. That was so fun. Can, can we go back to for a second to um, when the the decision was made that it's going to be these items and these items only there's not going to be any more experimenting or adding to it is was that uh was that like a superstition did you guys win the previous competition with that that combination or do you have type of uh, superstitions like that that you guys follow it might, have, or it might have been you know jeff you know he runs a dictatorship it's not a as he would put it yeah so i, I think he just not democracy he as he, yeah yeah, yeah regimental 
So I'm cooking this next weekend coming up here without him, and I'm not making chicken <laughs> breakfast. <Yeah. laughs> well, plus it was always, you know, what, what are you going to cook? The question came up. What do you want for breakfast? What do you want for breakfast? And, you know, he do not like to deal with that extra stress, or we didn't, so. Yeah, I don't know. And then it it makes was, shopping easier, too, because I buy the same thing every week. So, yeah. But you, uh, stat on how many breakfasts were ever cooked would be a crazy stat. We'd ask Barbecue Data to maybe get that stat for us as far as how many chicken yeah, breakfasts them, have gone out. Give them some info. They could punch it in and see what they come up with. Yeah, the problem is at the Royal, I do 18 or nine breakfasts, and then at the Jack, I did nine. So, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> It'd be interesting. Too many. That, like I said, that's a, about a third of our whole contest revolves around that <laughs> breakfast though, every weekend. <laughs> well, and if, if your team is lucky enough to get a shig and breakfast, that's it's a great good luck charm. So hopefully you all can be next to the shig and boys sometime. And so now you're going to get a lot of requests. You know that, right? Well, I mean, but okay. if they if they make the request, it's... Uh... Then it's null and void. Right. Yeah. To say then you got to... They got to win because he's got a pretty good track weather record of uh, whoever gets served a breakfast of winning. So that is you true. Step up the game, but I think it gives you superpowers when you get it. So that might be part of it. Gives you a but, boost of confidence. Exactly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but do you guys have any superstitions? Do you do you wear the same clothes, uh, same underwear? Do you uh, have any uh, rituals, tokens, mascots? Jeff has so many of them that we don't even have room to add anymore. I mean, it takes us 25 minutes to park the damn truck and un unhook the trailer because it's got to be exactly equidistance apart. It's got to be parallel to whatever universe he's looking at. It, you know, there's no room for any more. There really isn't. I had a pair of shorts that I thought were lucky, but then they got too many holes in it, and I had to throw them away. So no, I don't. Made so maybe so ball. maybe lucky in different ways. Feng Shui has been a big part of our setup, and that was a bad thing to introduce to Jeff because it, that took on a life of its own. He had, he had never heard the word until barbecue, and now it's his favorite word. <laughs> what does he say? Well, what do you all say is Feng Shui now? Yeah, so when you introduce Feng Shui to setting up a camper and cookers, it becomes yeah. a lot of work. Uh huh. Gotcha. <laughs> we get a, we we pull into the American Royal. We get a crowd watching us to see how long it takes us to actually set the trailer and park the motor. Uh, the yeah, that's uh, that that part I don't miss at the, having to park every weekend under the duress of him giving directions. So do you ever get there early before he gets there? Because and then park it, and then do you have to move it or? <laughs> No, but we, he's always in. We did leave it. We did leave it at a contest one time from Tim from Full Belly's Deli. We left him to park it for us well until we got right. there, and he caught hell the whole weekend because he parked it wrong. Oh. <laughs> You're like, woo! It's not us this time. Woohoo! Yeah, did big favor. Never do it again. We've had a couple of contests without Jeff there, and it literally takes us thirty seconds to park. You unhook it, you pull the motor on beside it, boom, you're done. Good. That leads into a good question. Have you all ever, have you guys cooked without him before? So the contest in Vermilion in South Dakota that Jeff hasn't been to for three or four years, and I usually pick a friend or my brother went a couple times. So I've, I've done that one myself. Yeah, and me yeah. and Ted have done a couple. Not, it's not very often. No, but once in a while he's got a family obligation or something. He's got to. Right. He's got four kids. He's got to do some dad duties. Yeah, but he'll, he'll. Pick the meat, trim the meat, and oh, yeah. get it all ready for you, and clean the trailer, and take care of everything, and then clean it when we get back. And he makes a video, and he just plays the TV while he's while you're cooking, and he'll tell you when to put this on and put that on. <laughs> I was gonna say, do you get lots of phone calls and texts all the time? <laughs> well, yeah, we can tell them one thing. Meanwhile, someone's got us live on Facebook, and he's watching it, and they, yeah, what are you guys doing? <laughs> Big brother is watching. That's the problem is too many other teams know his rituals and then we don't do them. And he, hey, Jeff, I saw these guys didn't do that. Come on. Yeah, big brother definitely the best. Oh. You know, no, I, I would like, never. He doesn't, like, he doesn't like to miss any contest, so we don't. Right. We don't, we don't find any time on our loan, no loan time. 
you know, I would never recommend dosing or giving anybody a Mickey Finn, but it sure sounds like Xanax would be really helpful in that trailer sometimes. <laughs> if you could bring some of the Royal, we'd appreciate it. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> yes, there we go. <laughs> teammates have to help other teammates. That's just the code. Right. Um, well, so I'm curious, what what are your responsibilities on your team? What do each one of you do to contribute to Shigan's success? We've already determined who does breakfast. At right. a typical contest, typical contest, Ted would get up, light the fire, put the meat on, take care of everything until 6.30 when Jeff wakes up. I, I'm the chicken guy, trim all the chicken and do all that kind of stuff. And then Jeff wakes up and he kind of takes over. But, you know, during the meat cutting and turn-ins, me and Ted build the boxes. We've all got our little thing that we, we, we just Derek and I pick up all the garbage. Derek and I do all the dishes. Derek and I do the boxes. Right. Um, who's the other guy? <laughs> <laughs> we try to keep Jeff from being distracted. So if somebody shows up to talk, we kind of corral him away so Jeff doesn't even know he's there. Make sure Jeff gets to bed by 11 o'clock. After 11 o'clock, it may as well just throw the contest because it's not going to do well. But mm -hmm. we get to, uh, we don't have to. The only thing he does, he, he does if he wants to be responsible for all the technical parts and good or bad, he'll usually own that. So kind of takes the pressure off of us. So while we're napping, we're not distracted by what's happening in the cook. And so, you know, so from, 10 o'clock to 11.30, there's really nothing to do except for wait till the brisket and pork is done. But if you ask Jeff, that's the busiest hour and a half of any barbecue <laughs> contest. And it amazes us that he allows us to sleep during it, but we do. <laughs> Sometimes you get so damn mad at something, he'll say, why don't you guys just go take a nap? And we can't drop our aprons fast enough. <laughs> it's a little self-preservation there, too. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No. Well, is there anything that Jeff doesn't realize that you do for the team? You've all been cooking together so long, there might not be anything. Just curious yeah, if there's some things that you do behind the scenes. It's pretty tough. He pretty much catches everything, you know. He kind of gives, gives us a list of what to do, so it's not we can't do. You know, he might not appreciate some of the things. It takes some pressure off him. Mm -hmm. He doesn't always realize that. We water's drink down after ten o'clock. Right. Well, <laughs> this is know. why this is why we do this show, folks. Exclusives like this. I was going to say these are some great tidbits here. <laughs> yeah, no, he's uh, there's not much. He's very hands on. Yeah. Oh. yeah. And I think most we don't get away with the masters are. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's, uh, you can't even get a cheap pack of chicken past him. <laughs> there you go i know we when when i was introducing you guys and mentioned you know how long it's been since you first got into the game you know yeah. I, I think it kind of caught you off guard to to think about it in that perspective if if you guys could go back to you know 2009 when you were just getting started um you know who are the folks that helped you out and what was some of the good pieces of advice that you got from other folks in the barbecue community at that time and really back then it was you know it's a little bit different now and that the good teams we're we're friends with a lot of good teams so we can get you know if we need help with something they'll give it to us but back then especially me and ted would or ted and i you know any new barbecue team we'd go and we'd after we put the meat on, we'd go on our walkabout and we'd go and we'd hang out with them and talk and go shigging. Just made a, yeah, made a ton of friends and shig off them and they didn't even realize we're shigging off them. And some of the trailers you walk in, you're like, what in God's name are you? You're cooking them here? But you'd pick up a little things here and there. And I think just. And that, I mean, that was part of why, why I enjoyed going to so many contests was like, you know, just because you, you get that one moment to sit down with one of those guys that you knew was a good cook. And uh, and you just rap about barbecue and pick up, you know, I obviously like everybody, you know, cook whole, wholly, totally different after being in competition than I ever did before. And part of that was just rapping with the guys, you know, some of the old school guys that aren't around anymore, even 
and picked up a lot of stuff from them. I think uh, the biggest thing is you got to go to their campsite, not trying to steal a secret or trying to do whatever, but just to shoot the shit with them and become friends with them. And they'll start helping you if you're friends with them. If you just go there strictly to try to get a tip or a pointer, they're probably not going to help you. Well, truth is, if we brought back a secret to the trailer, Jeff wouldn't believe us anyway, so it would go nowhere. We would use it at home, maybe, but that would be about it. Yeah, most a lot of barbecuers, a lot of pitmasters lie, so you kind of take it with a grain of salt, whatever tip they tell you. Right, right. Yeah, they're only telling you a percentage of it. And then if you're if you're able to piece it together, then good on you. But most of the time, you got to really get through all the BS first. Right. Yeah, but I I enjoyed more. And still do getting more pointers and talking with all the pit masters about other cooking, ancillary cooking, type cooking, at home cooking, cabin cooking, because everybody loves food and loves to cook. It's there. Exactly. So, so what are some of the favorite things that you all like to cook at home? Pork belly. <laughs> I, I probably cook pork belly and salmon, you know, my two biggest products at home, you know, even, you know, every other week or so. Uh, cooking one, whether it's for myself or friends or the kids or whatever, uh, just something to me is easy and I can keep tweaking it and changing it. And no matter how you tweak or change it, it comes out great. And uh, so it's just, uh, to me, it's always been a fun, easy one that everybody loves. Yeah, it, for me, I think during COVID, when everything was shut down and restaurants were shut down, I started getting the curries and trying to perfect that recipe and some South African food. Made some pheasant pot pies that were pretty damn good. And just, I enjoy cooking and I've cooked since I was nine years old. So it just, it gave me an opportunity to really try to open things up and use a cast iron skill and a trigger and really try different recipes. And some were pretty damn good. That sounds amazing. And I think you all have a great point. It's, it's fun to be able to play with your food, experiment, try different flavors, try different recipes, try in with COVID, we had the luxury of being able to have the time to maybe do a recipe we've always wanted to do and haven't done. So thank you for sharing yeah. that. Yeah, it's kind of like the, the day before at a company, like the Royal, when you talked about, you get there a day early. I mean, it's amazing what people are cooking there. Nothing to do with the barbecue, you know, on the side. And, you know, that's, uh, that's a big part of the big contest for me too. You know, that I like, it's like, holy cow, the, it it's awesome. Is is the Blackstone the flat top griddle? Is it is it still like the the toy that everyone is playing with and, and having fun with now, or has is it moved on to something else that I've not heard of yet? Oh. Well, I think that's part of it. I mean, you got the wood fired pizza stoves now, and you got the Brio fire pit and all that kind of stuff. But I think the flat top. I mean, you cook anything on that thing, and it, it's, it's definitely amazing. our go to toy at, at home and at the cabin. It's uh, I think it's one of those two after you uh, use it, whether you're grilling or smoking as a plan B or or the kids to use or whatever, it's you know, unbeatable. <laughs> can hardly can hardly mess things up on it, you know, especially if you forget, you know, after a couple of cocktails, what's going on. Yeah, we go ice fishing up in Mille Lacs every February and we bring that thing up and, you know, one year it was minus 10 and I'm out there cooking breakfast and next year it was 25 and it was on the flat top. Yeah, things were perfect any any time. Yeah, definitely a go-to toy for sure. So it's not an electric knife. I I thought the electric <laughs> knife was the go-to toy. I was I'm just um I don't I I'd, I'd, I'd heard something about electric knife. I was just That's, looking for some clarification on knife because usually in the morning his hand's shaking so yeah, bad that he can't some... use his shoe, so he's got to go to the electric knife. To keep well, one of the embarrassing <laughs> things on our team that we don't like to talk about. We, we, that's why we have a shade on the window during trimming. It's not so they don't look at the meat. It's so you don't see us using electric knife. <laughs> yes, because Luke has been known to shame electric knife use. <laughs> he shamed people and made people change to the to an actual chef knife. <laughs> I think that's another tip that we know when when our den mother's all worked up when he's cutting meat. And his hand's not shaking. He's just zipping through it because usually he shakes like a leaf on a tree. And so it's a good sign. If you see him not shaking, right. you might as well go take a nap. <laughs> yeah, and it's going to be a good day, Tater. Yep. Right. Oh, that's yeah. hysterical. 
Oh, when we had the, when he wasn't able to use electric knife, boy, that, that throws some turmoil into the whole mix. You know, or like, something like King of the Smoker, where you can't use electric. Yeah, or power goes out or what have you. I mean, if the generator goes down, boy, he starts screaming because the electric knife is off the plate. And uh, Yeah, there was some contests. It's raining so bad, the power cords are underneath water and you have no power. And, yeah, it's, it's good to be schooled with a, rec a regular knife as a backup, I would say, if you're an electric knife guy. No, and that's you know that's good advice. And one of Luke's questions he always asks is, "What is a, a tool of a hundred dollars or less that teams like to use?" And I think Teddy, what you said is having if you are usually an electric knife user, having sharpened knives ready to go just in case you need them. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, no, sorry, good ball of bourbon. <laughs> that too. <laughs> you get a ball of bourbon under hundred bucks. Well, we don't hang with Daryl and Luke and Jeff, yeah. <laughs> Do you have any tools that you that that you like to use in in the trailer? So Jeff enjoys his electric knife. Do you have any tools at the trade that help you during a cook? You know, getting fires lit, anything along those lines? Ted probably won't remember, but he in his apron pocket, he always has a little plastic knife. Why wouldn't I remember it? Just because I haven't been there for a couple of weeks? No, a couple of years, yeah. But he takes that and he, he goes around the box and he pushes all the parsley down. Hmm. And so he doesn't show up anymore. And now Jeff's like, hey, go around the edge of the box and push the parsley down so it looks really nice. Plastic knife. You're not supposed to look at a box at the parsley yeah. to tell. A little plastic knife and a little plastic fork when you're the, as Leanne put it, the ancillary partner. It was a nice little tool to have. A, because I'm not allowed to touch the stainless steel ones, but so <laughs> if something's out of place. <laughs> unless, you, unless you're washing them, right, Teddy? Unless you're washing them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or exactly. a, wet, a wet paper towel, because he put so much barbecue sauce on the box when he's painting everything. That Yeah, no, it's... Um, those are under a buck, even. <laughs> or very frugal. <laughs> no, but that those are some great tools. I, I did not think about a plastic fork or a plastic knife that is a great tool to have especially when you're boxing and you're getting ready to close that lid or something seems a little off and um, and, and you only have a, a little bit of time to be able to work on it that's perfect so Kim, Kim is shigging from you guys now so this, I was gonna this, say this nice. I, you know I, I do have I have my plastic. tools too but I that is a tool maybe I need to add to my toolbox the plastic utensil market's gonna light up now I know that. <laughs> get it while you can yeah, you're not going to be able Stock to find. Stock is going up. Get in now while you can. You're not going to be able to find kale or plastic cutlery in Kansas City <laughs> next weekend. Because ever, ever, ever scissors hands and you can have plastic forks installed on my fingers. <laughs> well, you guys seem, you know, just to love the event, um, to to go and have fun. Um, you're obviously competitive, but you know it, it appears that you know winning or not winning. Uh, and getting banged out, banged out of shape about that is that's reserved to another team member. Um, but but what you know, what are you guys hungry for? What um, do you have any bucket list goals that you want to accomplish uh, personally between the two of you? I mean, obviously, you go to a contest you want to win, but I would love to cook in Europe sometime or somewhere. We've cooked in Puerto Rico, but I'd love to go, you know, Switzerland or Italy or something. And before COVID. The gauges talked to yeah. us a few times, we but nothing came to fruition. And now trying to get across the ocean is not an easy task. Yeah, I would agree. I, I mean, that was that's always been a big goal of ours, and it was something we really looked forward to that never actually happened yet. But to cook out of country like that, something new and a whole new perspective from the people you're cooking with, that kind of thing. Uh, you know, and you be had, pretty interesting. You had to Jack, and you meet all these teams from different countries, and you you get to know them a little bit, and you're like, yeah, you know, I'd love to come over there, and we haven't done it yet. Hopefully, the borders will open up so we can start doing that again. And I do feel bad so those international teams can't come and cook the royal, cook the Jack like they right. normally do. So hopefully, that will happen. Yeah, that. Yeah. that's we all put a lot of work into it to go there and they put a tremendous amount of planning in to go and to not be able to pull the trigger on it is yeah it's pretty sad 
Yeah. Yeah, it is, especially since there's so much planning that, go, like you said, that goes Hopefully into that. Place to walk to at the Jack now if they're not there. Right. <laughs> there's no <laughs> destination to go to. <laughs> then you just have to walk down the road a little bit. No. I don't know. There's a, we're pretty lucky to be able to travel a lot of places, and, and that bucket list got shorter and shorter, and we're pretty lucky to accomplish what stuff that I didn't think we were going to be ever doing when we started, of course. And uh, so then I was just being, uh, being happy we got to do that. And uh, I guess the bucket list, you know, looking ahead for me, was never really much there other than, you know, when something new came to light, it was like, oh, yeah, let's go do that. And that became a bucket list item one one step at a time. Yeah, we've been mm -hmm. fortunate. Uh, yeah. Uh, would like to go back to some of the ones that we were lucky enough to go to that were out of our normal schedule and wheelhouse. But, Such as? Oh, you know, I mean, some of them, like when we got to, got to be on the pit masters, we got to go down south more. And, you know, we just, on a normal thing, we don't get to travel. You know, we never get to go out east. We don't get to go. Just not necessarily ones we've been to, but we know about or that other people, maybe their favorite one that we'll never get to travel to because it's just not enough weekends in a year. Um, so that was one of our goals, too, to maybe drop out of what we always do and go somewhere else. You know, you, know you always have an invitation in Virginia, right? Just putting <laughs> it out there. Yeah, we know that and we appreciate it. <laughs> If there's a team listening today that's just getting started in competition barbecue, do you have any words of wisdom for them? Any advice besides the first obvious one, which is don't? <laughs> Pick your den mother wisely. <laughs> it's uh, some sort of, is there a prenup for barbecue? Right, yeah. You can't get blamed for certain stuff. Yeah, I would say just. Be a sponge when you go to a contest and understand you're not going to get the full full recipe or full secret from anybody, but everybody's going to give you a pointer and listen to them. Listen, listen, listen. You know, you cook for your neighbors or whatever, and they love it, and you think you're the best ever, but the reality is when you're on the competition barbecue circuit, yeah. your neighbors aren't there to judge your product, and everybody there is better than you are. So listen to some advice and be open to changing what you're doing yeah, and take a class. I mean, there's tons of barbecue classes out there. Take one. Cause it, it's amazing what you'll learn. You might, you're not going to switch your whole thing around, but you're going to take a couple of things out of each, each category and definitely get a better cook. More bang for your buck. The time that you have to put into it. If you learn ahead of time, you know, anything it's cheaper to take a class than to do three contests and learn nothing. That's a very good tip. Very good tip. Enjoy. Enjoy the day. I Great. That tip. If you see Ted walking towards you, go pretend you're sleeping. <laughs> just, just to know if you're if you're at a barbecue comp, it could always be worse, way worse. So, enjoy. That is great advice. I love it. Well, guys, we don't want to keep you too much longer here. So, do you have any? Parting words that you want to shout out to the sponsors or let people know how they can get in touch with you guys. Apologies. I have no clue how to get in touch with us. Yeah, we, we should. Uh, I'm sure we're on. Uh, we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> Look at some water posters. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah, obviously, we want to shout out to our sponsors. We wouldn't be where we're at without them. We would, but we wouldn't be enjoying it as much. I mean, you can never say enough about them. And uh, they began, you know, they are all our sponsors are as good of friends as they are sponsors to us. So, uh, yeah, again, do you remember any of them? Um, yeah, there's that one guy. Uh, <laughs> he, he has the stuff, they know who they are. <laughs> You know what? I take it back. It's not going to be called the rebuttal. It's gonna, this episode is going to be called "They Know Who They Are." <laughs> that, there we go. There's the title right there. They know who they are. Yeah. I know it's what Copart, Yeti, Traeger, right? Is that, is that some of them. Yeah. We normally we don't get those questions asked because this is probably the first time where we've been in front of a microphone, let alone a camera, where Jeff wasn't in front of us. <laughs> 
where you weren't doing yeah. bunny in the background. Yeah. No. So is it true he gets to rebut the rebuttal? Oh, no. Okay. Oh, no, no, no. I think Luke made some promises, but we're not making any. Right. Nope, nope. Wow. As far as we know, this is the end. This is the train end. Train stops here. All right. That's perfect. Yeah. I can't believe it's not the first time Luke made a promise he didn't follow through on. So I'd say he just stick with that. <laughs> in, a, in a business aspect. I mean, to Jeff, toward Jeff, not, uh -huh. not the general public. <laughs> Yeah, he mentioned that there could be a rebuttal of the rebuttal, but again, I don't think that Luke actually made any promises. But we'll we'll see. We'll see how much peer pressure he gets. We're gonna go with he told them like we do. He told them what he wants to hear. <laughs> Sometimes yeah, you have to do what you need to do. Right. Yeah. Well, Teddy, Derek, yeah. thank you so much. We really appreciate you guys coming on. Um, oh, thanks for having. Looking us. forward to seeing you guys in Kansas City. It's gonna Can't be a wait. blast. Um, yeah, we'll see you in about a week and a couple of days. I know. Absolutely. Yeah, Can't right wait on. to see you guys. It's been too long for me, I know, and for Leanne, too. Yeah. You guys are over-deserving over of a big event like that. So. Well, I think we, we both, uh, uh, all of us here, are, are ready to, to go and have a, ourselves a good time and, and, look, and hope that we hear our name, period. And uh, last would be great, but period is, is what Just we want to hear. Yeah, two years to make up for. Exactly. That's right. I know you guys have a, a World Pork Championship to defend, so. Two oh, years yeah. in a row, yeah. Well, long, long time to be on top. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you Thanks again. Uh, thank you so much, Teddy, you guys. Derek, thank you so much. Nice you. We'll see you soon. Yep, Absolutely. take care. Bye, you guys. Right. Have a good evening. Bye. You too. Thank you for listening to Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast. Be sure to subscribe and like the podcast, rate the podcast, and share it out with all your friends on social media. Also, be sure to check out the Old Virginia Smoke YouTube channel as well. We continue our American Royal Week with a new episode tomorrow, so stay tuned. We have a lot of exciting stuff planned this week, this weekend at the Royal, and next week. So, for companies interested in advertising, please contact Old Virginia Smoke directly via www.oldvirginiasmoke.com. Pitmaster and Old Virginia Smoke Podcast is edited by Chris Sedanka. Pitmaster and Old Virginia Smoke Podcast is a property of Old Virginia Smoke LLC. All rights reserved. Copyright 2020.